Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. This week's episode takes us to the third and final entry in the Netflix Fear Street trilogy, or you could call it maybe a movie series? I don't know, they all link up pretty well, so... Either way, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Directed by Lee Janiak, this is 2021's Fear Street Part 3, 1666. The third Fear Street film takes place in 1666. It takes us right back to the start of Sarah Fear, which gives us the true story of what actually happened and not just the mythology that we've been told throughout the first two films. I think that's where the movie succeeds because it wraps everything up pretty nicely. We get a nice finality to everything as well as a slight hint that we might be in for more Fear Street films. It's actually really fun to think about too because the first two Fear Street films were very different. They're both slashers but they're representative slashers of their proper eras such as being in 1994 as well as in 1978. With this one being set in 1666, we get a film that in some ways really resembles the movie The Witch. Of course, The Witch would be the better film. The Witch was not a movie for me. However, I do recognize it as being well-made. This one is a well-made film. As a matter of fact, it has probably the best cinematic look out of all the films. I can't really put my finger on it, but this one feels like they spent a little bit more money on it compared to the other ones. I think the other ones looked fine just for being Netflix productions and such, but this one here definitely has a cinematic look and feel. I don't know if it's actually the setting or if it's a matter of having some money left over so the budget went more towards this one. Either way, it just looks better than the other two. That's not to say that this one is too far out there or anything like that. It's definitely a film that feels like it still gels with the other Fear Street films. It just looks better. I appreciate the more cinematic look here. I also appreciate that director Lee Janiak was able to let this more or less stand on its own compared to the other movies. The other movies, they had a manipulation going on with the music and little references and things. Of course, we do get that at the very end of this because there is a last minute, I don't know, last 20 minute twist if you want to put it that way. But for the most part, with it being set in 1666, we didn't have those little pop culture references and songs to really guide us. So it allowed the movie to really show what it can do and it was effective. It's not 100% horror if you really wanted to boil down the movie in simple terms. It's a movie about forbidden love. I think it's actually interesting if we were to have these characters that we knew in 1994 that they're actually descendants. Of course, it was never proven with that, but we do have the cast from Fear Street 1994 as well as Fear Street 1978 playing different characters here, which was a really cool idea. I like that when they do it in American Horror Story, I really like that they do that here. It's fun to see people that we saw in other roles play something different, even if some of the characters are playing roles that are very similar to what they played in the other films. Another thing I enjoyed about this movie is the fact that it 
really reveled in the occult here. The occult is something that is fascinating to me. Am I a Satanist or do I even believe in any of that? No. However, it is fascinating. It's carried through in this film really well. We have Sarah Fear wrongly getting accused of being a witch and a Satanist and everything. We also have the reveal of the real Satanist. The one who sold their soul to the devil for power, which wound up following the family because they kept performing this ritual, uh, I guess through, I think they said three generations, I think it would have been a lot more than that. What this actually does is strengthen one of my complaints about the first film and a particular character. If you want, go ahead and listen to that first episode and you'll probably figure out who I'm talking about. I don't really want to reveal that here because it is one of the twists. You'll probably guess it. Nicole was able to guess it. I wasn't watching that close to actually figure it out. I was kind of letting the movie take me on the journey. But yes, it is a pretty obvious twist in this one and it improves one of my major complaints about the first movie. If that's anything to say about the Fear Street films, is the fact that all of them manage to link in really well together. They go and they help out and supplement those shortcomings of the other films. This one's no exception. I even like the fact that it went and it said Fear Street 1994 Part 2 once we got the full story in the 1666. So in reality, we're getting parts three and a half here. If I had to say I had any issues on this one, it's the fact of the Fear Street 1994 Part 2 element of this one. Maybe it should have been its own film. It feels all at the same time. It feels rushed, but it also feels exhaustive. It makes the movie itself feel much longer than what it actually is. We also have to seriously defy some logic as far as time and time it takes to set up to defeat the evil. It doesn't quite make sense. I get it. It's fun. I didn't regret my time with it. I just think maybe we should have had a fourth film to extend it out a little bit further, allow it to breathe a little bit. Maybe not simply tack it on to the third film. But then, I wonder if there would really be enough story to handle another film. They obviously didn't want to do that, or Netflix didn't want it, or they didn't have enough budget, whatever. I'm assuming this little final part was probably shot with the first Fear Street film, and they went and they included it here as the bumper and true epilogue to the film. So where does the future of this series go? Is this all we get is just three films? I would be more than welcoming of other Fear Street movies set in the same world, maybe have some of those same characters cross over with some new characters. What I don't want to see happen is a rehash or simply more of the same from the series. I don't know where they could actually go because the little stinger that we have at the end of the movie it really does make us think that it would be more stuff tied to the occult nature. I would like to see it head off into maybe some more supernatural realms. That would probably be fun. I don't know if we could really have it be set around the same time period. Maybe they want to go and bump it up into 
the 2000s they uh, definitely missed out on the 80s so they could do the 2000s 80s and then present day who knows it, maybe it would be fun to see the characters here as adults the biggest surprise to me about the third fear street film is the fact that this is still better than the first one to me i enjoyed the first one but the second and third films really did improve on everything that the first one presented. I think that's a smart thing and that's what sequels should do. It shouldn't just be more of the same or a bigger budgeted version of the first one. I think we really should use a sequel to enhance what was present in the original film. I know third films in a trilogy usually wind up not being as good as other movies in a series. This one here I think was definitely a strong film. I think the second film is probably my favorite overall. This one is a pretty close second. I thought it was good. There's little moments of blood and gore scattered throughout. It's not nearly as bloody as the second film. It doesn't even have as much sex or anything like that. But there are moments of gore in the disturbing variety, such as the preacher and his cutting out the eyes of the children. It's a pretty nasty scene. I also think it's a pretty gutsy scene, specifically because it involves kids. This movie wasn't scared to kill off kids or have bad things happen to kids. I think that's where it may be okay with some of the teen and younger viewers. Some of the stuff is definitely not appropriate. However, it gives that fear that even the children are not safe just because they're children. I like that the movie respects that idea because I, in a way it would respect the source material at that point. As I stated before in past episodes, does this actually honor the source material? I have no clue. I would imagine it would. I think everybody involved is probably fans. And that's really the best that you could hope for when fans are being involved with making their films off something that they loved when they were kids. If they make a successful product, that's even better. So, overall, the Fear Street trilogy, it was awesome. It was definitely something that, if I was Netflix, I would have released it in October. It would have been fun Halloween, October viewing. But they didn't, so we do have it if we want to add it to our Halloween and October viewings. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you don't do the social media thing, drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. I do take requests and do my best to honor those requests. Plus, I'd be happy to hear from you. If you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Or if you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as create new content. Plus, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.